I'm Renee Ritchie. And I'm Georgia Dow. And welcome to Apple Talk, our brand new podcast where we chat about everything Apple, related companies, and what they do to our lives and to our culture. Because they do a lot. They do a lot. <laughs> so, Renee, I was thinking that we would start off by talking about clickbait. Yeah, I did a video on that this week. And it's, it's really something interesting because you and I worked in these big media companies right. for years. Right. I helped run iMore, Android Central, and Windows Central right. for years. And I I totally get the pressures, right? Yeah. I, I was hoping to make a, like, I'll say from my perspective, is that we tried to make something that people would click on. Because if they didn't click, like, if your article, no one watched it, then you felt bad. So we did try to catch these, like, phrases that would make people want to read it. Like, no one's going to want to read, like, the boring things that you don't want to do with your phone. Yeah, well, maybe they would. But we used to work with, like, professional journalists, too, because there were a lot of people whose newspapers right. got shut down and they came to online. And one of the old sayings was, why write something that nobody's going to read? Right. So the point is, and in traditional journalism, you don't even pick your own titles. Like, you write the article and there's a whole editorial department. Some big websites, too. Like, I'm sure sites as big as The Verge and some of the other ones, they have people whose entire job it is, is to pick the title and the homepage. Yeah. So you, have, you get blamed for it, yeah. but you have no control over it. But the thing that started to get me towards the end is this, like, it, 2020 is a bad year. Right. Fair like, enough. Fair enough. It's, it's a, I don't know. It's like the worst um, DC movie of a year. It's like the worst Marvel TV series of yeah, a year. Yeah, this is like the, the test run of the simulation. Yeah. You know, the Kobayashi Maru. It says when the kid playing Sims, our universe, stops caring and right. just smashes all the buttons. Right, he's done with the game now. And the thing is, it's getting harder. So everyone, like the executives who aren't media people, uh, you know, they just want to make as much money as possible and cash out as fast as possible are like, you've got to get more affiliate revenue. So I want 10 more affiliate posts today. And then why did you stop doing news? I want to get, we need a lot more hits for the Google ads. Right. So, uh, or for the ads, the house ads. Right. So you got to do 10 more news posts And today. that's your salary. You're not, if you're, you're, your company isn't making yes, any money, you're not you. going to be, you're not going to be hired anymore. So. And to be fair, you're getting no money and they're getting millions, but it's still True. the pressure is on you. True. Uh, and so I totally get why some sites uh, are highly motivated. And, and the same thing happens to me on YouTube. Like the entire structure of YouTube is you have to get people to click the thumbnail and click the title, or it doesn't matter how good your video is because no one will watch it. And and so, Renee, if we can just define clickbait, right? Okay. Because you want to have an interesting title. Yes. Like interesting title is a really good thing. Having a boring title would be bad. So where does it get to like clickbait? Because, you know, like, for me, it's only when it's bait and switch where they yes. say, I'm quitting this. Or like in the YouTube video, they're like, you know, I was devastated and they're crying, but they never actually cry in the video. That yeah. bait and switch where I expect to get something and I don't, that upsets me. Yeah. Versus I think that if you make an article that makes me want to look at it because you're like the the most whatever, the, the five things that your iPhone will do that kills you. Um, but I clicked it and I at least get that some That one's on you. <laughs> And I get some content that is, you know, bad, you know, if someone throws it from a high, I don't know, whatever it might be. Yeah. No, I think. Um, but I that doesn't, I think that's fair. No, me. I don't think that one's fair. I think, okay. but I, I do think that. I think <laughs> Even if it really could no, be. No, stop okay. with the killing. Okay. But I, I think that you did make okay. the absolute correct point there is that there's a difference between click, like clickbait refers to bait and switch. People nowadays, especially like in comments, have decided right. that anything interesting is clickbait. Right. You'll have people saying like, you, you can't do anything. Like. 
Avengers Endgame or Avengers Infinity War shouldn't be called that because they're not avenging anything. It's certainly not infinite. And this is more of a skirmish than a war. This right. should only be called Marvel Movie Number 37. Right. Like, and, and that's so boring. Please go to sleep. Like, just please. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be interesting, but it's not supposed to be bait and switch. Right. Whatever I whatever is promised in the title, I have to over deliver. Like I have to make you feel great about what you saw, or you will mentally file me in the nope category. Fair, fair. Well, let's can can we go into a little bit of the psychology of why does yeah, clickbait even work? Because in the end, we wouldn't do it if it didn't work, right? Yes. If you didn't, if I and you did not click, On the this bait. would not be <laughs> happening, right? You didn't click that bait. You didn't. And so there's a certain pieces to our psychology of where clickbait works. And one of them is that innate sense of curiosity that we yeah. have. We want to know things and we especially want to know things that other people don't know because that was really beneficial for us, for our survival. Yeah. If I know the best way to whatever, use my iPhone and I can get more out of it, you can think that a long time for evolution, that was beneficial to me as a species. If I know how to better hunt, how to better save myself, how to better you know, control things, that would be good for me. And so that curiosity piece to it, which feeds our brain, mm -hmm. is really, really important. Well, I can tell you from like our side of the, I don't mean like, like our side of things, when you're creating content, the things that you wanna do is provoke that curiosity. Like yeah. we, we deliberately do it. We'll yeah. say uh, the truth about the iPhone because it implies there's something, an untold truth or yeah. why everyone is wrong about the iPhone because yeah. what are they wrong about? Yeah. Or uh, you know, some people do like everything Apple didn't tell you about it or the right. secrets Apple didn't tell you then right. why didn't they tell me this? Yes. That, that pr prompts you, it motivates you. And I think that that's, I don't think that that's unfair as long as you actually deliver on that. Yes. The other thing that works often with what people call clickbait, and we can have a discussion on what you think is clickbait, but is that emotional content. Things yeah. that like the reasons that we were angry when we were upset, when we were really sad, why I'm giving up my phone, why this, you know, my phone made me break up with my girlfriend or boyfriend. Like emotional content works really well, but especially emotional content that leads to our survival. So the, the strongly clickbait statement that I said before of, you know, these foods are gonna, you know, cause your destruction. I believe or, you said, well, how your iPhone will kill you, which yeah. I would click on, but I would hope very much was a complete lie. <laughs> or not, <laughs> click that article. Um, it's probably already out there. There's probably already that article over there. Um, but those emotional content to our protection is also really, you know, salient to us because yeah. that's directly linked to our survival. Yeah, we do that too. Like, uh, like the, the things that you're taught, like, and taught's the wrong word, the things that have proven to be effective on YouTube yeah. and on articles, because, you know, I blogged for a decade before I did YouTube, yeah. is you want to have a good title and a good picture. Yes. And the, and the picture should have a human, like, it, like human faces are great because we relate to them and human faces showing emoji, like em, emotions. emoji, emotions. Emo <laughs> yeah, emotions are better than emoji. Like if I see someone really distraught yeah. or crying or upset, I'm now intrigued. I want to be a part yeah. of that journey with them and I want to find out. And if I care about them, now I'm really attached to that. So I think that you're right. That so does the basic work. formula, like for a YouTube title, and you can look at like everybody from Mr. Beast, who's getting 40 million views per video, to like the biggest tech blogs, right. um, is a per like a person showing strong emotion plus an object of desire, which could be the latest iPhone or the latest Xbox or right. uh, you know a Tesla, anything. Plus, like in your case, text, you know, to give it some sort of context. But if I you have like those, text. those three elements. I read the text with the, like, the text with the emotional content of a yeah. face, for me, works really well. <laughs> That's when I'm going to click on that. And that click is a dopamine hit. 
when we get pulled to something and we're being fed this information of yeah. I'm actually getting things that you said that you were going to get, which I think is mm-hmm. you're delivering on your promise. I don't think that that's clickbait, but it's clickbaity. So to me, the title is almost like I will accept any title. Like I used to, I used to make fun of Forbes titles because it was always, you know, iOS 13 has a nasty surprise. iOS 14 has a nasty surprise. I like it, to me, it was just intellectually lazy. And now, you know, Tom's Guide has sort of their version of that with like a, a bad surprise, or, or it's just yeah. the same thing. But I, I found out the same thing works for me on YouTube. So yeah. I, I'll have like I'll Apple is wrong about something, or uh, you know, leak bomb something because I just look at the analytics and I can have the exact same video. Like if I do iPad Pro LiDAR explained, very few people will click on it. But yeah, literally the LIDAR? exactly same same video with iPhone 12 LiDAR explained, everyone will click on. I'm changing one word and it's not wrong because the iPhone 12 is getting the same sensor. It's just one people have and therefore it is boring and one they don't have, therefore it is exciting. If you had LiDAR, why it's dangerous to use or the truth and lies of LiDAR. No, See, but sorry. I think that's dangerous. Just, yeah, so I don't want to ever I'm be... Just, I'm just and that's why bored. like, I did that video on clickbait <laughs> because they were, they're getting to the point where they're taking anybody who publishes anything on Twitter, whether they're reliable or not, right. and using it to monetize anxiety, like make people right. anxious about something and not explain it. Yeah. And I got some pushback saying, well, aren't you doing the same thing? And in my case, I'm like, no, they're telling you this might happen. And I'm saying, this is why factually it may or may not happen. Right. Like I'm going to the effort of researching it. Right. And, and trying to actually alleviate people's anxiety yeah. instead of feeding off of that. Yeah. Um, the last thing that works really well for clickbait is lists. People love lists. And the reason that they like the list is because it tells you, it, you know, if you say like, you know, whatever, the, the five things that you can yeah. learn from using your iPhone, it, it gives you how much you're going to do. And after you've learned that information, you can skip to the next part of that. And so it's very easily, it has very little cognitive load. And our brains are kind of lazy, mm-hmm. which is because they use up a lot of resources and resources were really important. So the most, if you chewed the food already before you give it to the baby bird, that's easier for us. Pretty, yeah. And the strange part that we're not really sure of is that odd numbered lists actually do better than even numbered that's lists. And the reason that we believe that is, is that an even numbered list, they believe that maybe you've you've padded the numbers a little bit to mm-hmm. make sure that they're even versus like, so 17 things that you've learned that is actually better than 20. And it's funny because on YouTube, you have to handle lists differently than you handle them on blogs. Right. Because on YouTube, you have to count down. If you're counting up, the higher the number, the more chance people drop off. Because right. they don't think you're getting to something exciting. Right. They think they've seen they've the best thing already. They've already seen the best. Exactly. Yeah. But I if you're like five, way. four, three, two, you're like, I want to know what that number one is. Yes. But if you're like one, two, three. And the other thing is you have to That's stop. That's a good point. You have That's to really stop saying point. the numbers. Because if people think you're getting to the end, they'll drop off. But if they but don't. I need kn- number one. Yeah, but like, so if, if you are doing a list where you're going up, like one, two, stop saying it after two. Right. Like, and the next thing is, but if, and this is all like. Yes, this is extremely cheap, but you're you're dealing with humans. You're making it human. We are extremely cheap is really what it, it means. But see, so I still don't consider this clickbait, though, because no. I feel like I'm giving you something for your attention there. The part, the part that I hate is like these saved you a click things, because sometimes, yes, like they're on Twitter, like this article is really about this saved you a click. And no, you denied me an experience because we talked about this in the first episode. Humans love a story. Yes. And when I go to an I like article, I want to be told a story. I don't want to just know the end. Like, you know, I, I like spoilers, but I want to, I want the person put like a, in, in a lot of cases, a person put tremendous effort into that article and some dumb Twitter account is like, I'm going to give you the ending. Well, I'll, I'll say I will, if, if I get all the information in the title, 
I may not even click the article. But you never get all the context. At all. You see, but I'm okay with that. If I only care that much, I just want it really consumable. The, the other piece, though, to lists that does annoy me is when it's a website and I have to click to a new page oh, and it all loads yeah. in. Because we want more views from you. Sorry. I know. I get it. That but counts as five views instead of one view. I know. Five but, is more than one view. Yes. It's five times more than one view. I know. I don't like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch a few of them and then I'm, I'm done. I, do, I figure out, do I really care to see what this person, this child actor looks like as an adult? I'm like, And I can say no. this now because I quit. But like that, that, that was a huge <laughs> amount of contention and all these things. Like you right. typically have... Uh, editorial and like it's different when you're one person because right. you have to play multiple roles like a typical youtuber i'm lucky i have an agent you right. know so he, they handle all of that for me i don't have to worry about it but if you're solo you have to be your own salesperson right. and your own editorial person and that's a huge conflict like it, it's really hard to navigate mkbhd did a wonderful video about how he handles it but in edit, in a typical publication the sales weasels are like um, do this, do this. And the typing monkeys are like, no, no, we're not going to do this. And you sort of wrestle, you wrestle over it. Right. And that gets you sort of a balance because the typing monkeys will push back on everything and the sales weasels will want everything, um, anything. And you need that tension. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if people are hashtag team sales weasels or hashtag team typing monkeys, but I think neither. I don't know. I think <laughs> I lost the last hashtag. I don't feel like doing another one. <laughs> you didn't. I think you were, I think you had the, the, the moral victory. That just means I lost. Okay. Uh, it is it is interesting, though, because I think uh, many people are pushing back on the idea of clickbait, but at the same time, not understanding the definition of it. Right. Um, and because you were, you were trying to explain this to me the other day. I, I was asking whether the internet had removed our upper brain mediation, and you were saying it wasn't so much that, but that it was letting people with no upper brain mediation post a lot of stuff. Well, it's just, it's it's very easy. Everyone can kind of post anything and, and gives everyone a voice, which is wonderful, but it's hard to find out what has been thoroughly, you know, looked at and researched yeah. versus stuff that isn't. And because we are already inclined to consume things that are kind of pre-digested for us, we become even more lazy because you don't have to research it yourself. You don't have to look. Um, it's hard to tell. It's yeah. an easy thing to just shout fake news or that I don't believe in this or I have this opinion. And because everyone can have an opinion and often it's anonymous, people can kind of shout at you even if you haven't done that thing. And just because they've said it doesn't mean you have to respond to it. Like I was just looking through my comments. I actually tweeted about this yesterday. I was looking yeah. through my comments and people are like, if you don't talk slower, I'm unsubscribing. If you don't talk faster, I'm unsubscribing. If you don't change your graphics, I'm unsubscribing. Right. If you change your graphics, I'm unsubscribing. If you don't talk more about the iPhone, if you don't talk less about the iPhone, I'm unsubscribing. If you talk about things different than the iPhone, I'm unsubscribing. And it's just it, like they're not commenting on the video. They're often commenting on the meta surrounding the video. Which is nice that they share and that they care enough to make a comment. But how do you feel? Because you act like, like if you don't already know, Renee really cares about producing the best videos that he can. He spends a lot of time and effort for it. And I think that a lot of people on YouTube do. They really care. This yeah. is their product, their like child that they're putting yeah. out in the world to help people. So how do you cope with that? I find it hard because like, especially like in the beginning, people said I talk too fast. And it's the way I talk. It's really, really hard to you change used the to way talk you talk. Faster. Yeah, I've been working on making it slower. And then some people are like, talk slower. And then a few people pointed out, you know, there's a times one or times seven five. You can change the speed on on YouTube. This is not right. a human problem. Right. But the the thing for me is like, if you're 
Daryl Eves or Nick Nimmons or Roberto Blake, and you spent an intense amount of time studying this, and you want to tell me that it's a way to optimize my thumbnails, I am super grateful. But a lot of times, like I'll add, like they'll say you should change this, and I'll say, well, have you studied this? Like, no, I just prefer it. And that I think people are forgetting what's subjective versus objective anymore. Which is fair. The only thing is that like that you're getting the comments like people are watching the video mm -hmm. also, right? So you end up with you want people to still engage. Like I love all the comments, even the ones that were like, that were really helpful, that were like, you know what, you should do A, B, and C, which we tried to change. Hopefully this is more <laughs> normal instead of us just staring. I don't know, I'm trying. No, but every, see like again, like every morning talk show is like this. Justine yeah. and, and Jenna Azaric's so podcast. They They're are so good at that it. That was so good. So like, I, and I understand people don't always like this, we don't like this and we'll think we'll tell you why we don't like it as opposed to we don't like this and we got to figure out how to fix it for you are two different things. Right, and, and where it's coming from. Sometimes yeah. people are just, trolling for trolling and sometimes they genuinely want to help and but like we could be Regis and Kathy Lee they sat like this for 30 years I think they did they were probably better Ryan and Kelly they were better it could be Ryan and Ke I forget that they have Ryan and Kelly can now. I be Ryan you can be Kelly <laughs> I don't know if I have her 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 pep energy. she's yeah. really really she really has really peppy. good energy and I don't have the great voice anyways we'll, we're, we're gonna we're gonna work on it yeah make yeah. it better so send your comments don't worry please and I feel real awkward about this because we had scheduled to talk about how bad the presentation was at the Google event not really but kind of <laughs> oh oh goodness so now we're yeah, doing the exact same look thing really... that we just oh yeah okay well we're gonna we're gonna do that anyways uh but <laughs> you can use that against us yeah totally being Everyone is We're contextually a hypocrite. Nobody talks to their kid well, the same way they talk to their parent. We're going to try to do better. We're going to hopefully give constructive feedback yes. so that they do better as well because, you know, we're watching these events and we'll say what we well, like. I mean, we, we are mostly like. going to talk about the technology. It's just some of the presentation choices. I said this on Twitter, too. It feels to me like Google events are the Nicolas Cage acting choice of events. It's like... <laughs> With Apple, you, you get the straight that. read. Like you get like like the person came from the actor studio or Juilliard, and they right. will give you the classical performance. You know they'll hit right. all the notes. It's it's always the same, and that might bore some people. It's always the same from event to event. Right. But it's always like a classically trained actor performance, where the last few Google events really have felt like oh we're just going to Nicolas Cage it, where we're going to be idiosyncratic, but because we made the like not because you are like not because right. it's natural. No, it, and it so, came off a little bit. Yeah, like they had the, this one guy who was in charge of the audio stuff, and yeah. he was he was elaborately dressed, which I loved, but he was never looking at us, and and you could tell that he was reading. Yeah. Um, reading from a teleprompter because he was kind of looking like away from where the camera is and you could see his eyes they were they were like just straight on which Samsung the did the time before up. like they stopped thankfully they stopped but they did that the time before and too I'll say that on the last Apple event I did notice the same thing there were some people that you could tell that they were reading it was less natural it came off a little bit so I don't want to say that this well but they were doing I think the difference is that Apple was trying to do their stage event in yes. real life and it didn't work like yeah. you can't you can't be doing you can't be presenting as though you're on stage to an audience when you're shooting it without an audience not on a stage. Right. And because some it, it people are, off. are not practiced at being yeah. able to speak. I think that a lot of people were saying that, you know, um, that maybe some people that work on YouTube, like perhaps you, Renee, could like give a little tiny piece. Sounds like Alex more... Lindsay to me. Is this an Alex Lindsay thing? I think it was Leo that said okay. it, actually. But, you know, so that might be better because... Mm -hmm. You know, if you're running whatever design, you might be great at design, but you might not be great at public speaking. So I can understand that also. YouTube, uh, sorry, the Google event, they did try to have a few YouTubers, but they were so different in context. Like the gaming person was completely different than like, I forget what the other YouTuber was, but it just, yeah, it, it didn't make a cohesive event for me. 
Yeah, and the the pacing. I like that it was short. Yeah, I didn't, 30 minutes was 30 great. minutes was lovely. I think that um, tightening that up was wonderful because just give me that candy. I don't want to have to watch and, and listen to stuff that we don't really, I don't really care about. Other people might care about, but I want the consumed and kind of fed to me. So I have it here. The, the stuff itself was interesting. Like the big, the headline event was the, the Pixel 5, I think. It, to me, that's the big news. They put the Pixel 4a 5G at the beginning, gave it very little time because it really is a Pixel 4a that's already out. It just has 5G. And then it went straight into the Pixel 5. And Google's whole thing was we're putting the G, as in Google, into 5G. And I've complained about this with Apple as well. Oh, Apple actually hasn't done it yet. I preemptively complained about this with Apple. It's like, uh, I know carriers are really pushing 5G because they think it's this big new Hail Mary revenue source for them. And finance and marketing people love it because they think they can charge us more and sell us more with it. But almost everyone I talk to in the industry just doesn't think 5G is a thing yet. And I, like... I think that people that don't really know what five, like they're just like, okay, like I just want the newest phone. I, I don't really care. And the message, the messaging is so mixed. It's like you can download a movie in three seconds, but you have to stand on this, on this spot, on this block. And if you turn around or go inside or the wind changes or the rain comes or the leaves blow, you drop back down. And it just, that doesn't feel like consumer ready to me yet. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't find it as compelling. And the other thing I find odd about Google, and it, maybe it's in a good way, is that when you look at like the iPhone over the last four years, or, or like or just ever, Apple introduces a new iPhone, like whether it's the iPhone uh, six platform or the iPhone ten platform. Every other year is an iteration that gets better and better. So the iPhone XS is almost the same, better camera, better processor, better display. iPhone 11, better camera, better pro. It's the same platform but better. And Samsung is the same thing, like the Galaxy Note better every year. Galaxy S, better every year. Galaxy Fold now, same basic thing, just better year over year. Where Google does like these crazy Ivans, like from Hunt for Red October, like they, their next phone is a complete repudiation of their previous phone. Every, like they get up on, and what makes it so weird, like what cringy is they get up on stage and they say these things so emphatically, like last year, um, the head of Google photography, who since left the company, maybe this is why, got up on stage and said, you know, we don't need any wide angle camera. That's for kids. That's fun stuff for kids. We're using a telephoto camera. And then someone else is like, we're doing face unlock and we're doing it with this awesome daredevil radar sense technology called Project Soli. And then this year, that's all gone. There you have a wide angle lens for the kids to have fun with. And there's no Project Soli or, or face unlock. But isn't that kind of like the usuals? Like, I think that we're used to the spin. Like, I think that people kind of know that no matter what they do, even if it's not going to be any better or even like they've forgotten what happened before and not everyone even knows what they, they don't remember what happened before. So they're just going to buy the newest it phone. It haunts me, Georgia. Does it, does well, it haunt it's, you? It's, but it, like the best, I'm never going to get a cursor. The best curse, the best pencils on your finger, right? I'm not going to get yeah. a stylus. Sorry, there we but go. But that's years. So the thing is okay, like, Steve, Steve Jobs was notorious for saying things yeah. like, we're never gonna put video on an iPod and then there's video on an iPod. And we're never gonna, like, you, you don't need a, if you see a stylus, you failed. And then, but like, right. that was like five years later they made the Apple Pencil. Or, uh, you know, we're not gonna put, if so it's he, the timeline that bothers you. Well, and also you. like he, like no one's gonna use a small iPad, but like he hired people who he trusted to be smart and they would have different ideas and they would fight with him. And they'd say, no, Steve, you're wrong about iTunes on Windows. No, Steve, you're wrong about small tablets. And he'd say, fine, I hired you because you're smart. But if you get this wrong, it's your ass. 
Um, <laughs> but he would trust them to do it. Right. And like by comparison, when Jeff Bezos was making the original Fire Phone, he's, they're all like, we're gonna make the world's best shopping phone. And he's like, yeah, but it's gotta have a parallax display. And they're like, that's irrelevant. Like that's, we don't need that. And he's like, you're fired. And the next guy learned and he's like, okay. And then they, they did it and it was ridiculous because right. everyone wanted a shopping phone. Nobody wanted a parallax phone. And so Google gets up and says, we don't need a camera bump. And then they add a camera bump. We don't need optical image stabilization. They add it. We don't need new ca two cameras. They add it. We don't need wide angle. Just don't say that first part. Don't say the quiet part out loud and you're fine. You're golden. Do you think that it's directed specifically at, say, Apple? Yes. They do that? I think that they're trying to say that we're better, we're be Apple and Samsung, we're better than them because we don't need the things they need. And then they find out almost immediately they really needed them. Or is it just that people are following the pack? And that's why we don't, like all phones, even the the um, audio system, kind of, they start to look exactly the same, which bothers me about big companies because we don't have, you know, cool different, and we, again, we knock them when they do something so different that it's yeah. like off kilter, so I understand. But then they end up with things that speaker systems that look exactly like a HomePod. I'm like, that looks like a HomePod. Like what, can't we have stuff that looks cool and different yeah. and new? I love that. Like if you're not Apple, please don't make an iPhone because if I don't want Apple, chances are I don't want an iPhone. I know some people want an iPhone that's not made by Apple because they just don't like Apple. Right. But I'm like, I have an iPhone. I want something completely different. The thing that's that, that put, pushed me over the line was last year when I got I have it here, I got the you Pixel did. 4. I get the new Pixel every year. I used to get the Nexus every year. Now I get the Pixel every year. And it had a lot of problems. Like every Pixel has had a lot of problems, just basic engineering problems, whether it's substandard displays or bad battery life, you know, or the failure to record images and movies properly. And I was like, why? And then the story came out that Rick Osterloh, who runs product for Google, had a meeting one month before launch to say, why was the battery so small? And my heart just sank because there's no way the head of product should only find out the battery small one month before launch. Yeah, because what are you gonna do about that? But also like at Apple, there is no way like a, a Greg Joswiak or Cayenne Drance wasn't babysitting that product cycle from the instant the first concepts came out. Like they ran those things for years. They knew everything about it intimately from conception through different prototypes, through choosing which prototype would go ahead through launch. and. A month before launch, he, the, the guy who runs product is asking why the battery's that small. That to me is like an, an abject failure of product management. Yeah. Another thing that kills me is that um, I still, like you can like an iPhone or hate an iPhone, like a Galaxy phone or hate a ga Galaxy phone, but I always get the feeling, even Huawei, like a, a OnePlus, that it's a team phone. Like that everybody knew early on what phone they wanted to make and they all worked together to make it. Where at Google, depending on who you ask, you get very different reasons for why they're making a phone. Like the executives all say, we want an iPhone. And the product people are all like, we wanna, uh, we wanna, uh, what's it called? Uh, dog food, these new features, which is why you get like a bathtub notch one year and a radar sensor the next year and a hole punch the next year because they wanna try out things to help other Android vendors. And then you have this fight with people who just wanna make a cheap developer phone. And you can't have these three very important groups not working on the same product. Right. Right, and that goes to Apple being very much more controlling of what they're doing and their image and what they're gonna be kind of coming at with the culture is what they're hoping for. They have kind of one thought process, which means first things are at least gonna be working together for one main goal. Versus Google, you'll end up with lots of different interesting features, but they may not work very well or collaborate well together, but we can end up with some interesting and or unusual different products that we can have, which 
you know, is kind of a plus sometimes. Can I put you on the spot for a second? Oh, please. So if you were brought in, if Google's like, Georgia, we have this problem. We just can't get all our Pixel stakeholders on the same page. We can't get them to work together on a single cohesive product. How, we, how would you handle that problem? So, okay, so if we're talking about their stakeholders, so we're, yes. we're talking about all of the, the people that have stock in the company? They're, well, like their executives, the people who are okay. running the product and the people who are engineering the product. Well, the first thing is you need to have one cohesive thought of what, like I would always say, work backwards. It's always the same thing is you wanna say, what would you want your goal to be? And then you work backwards from that goal to be able to see how do we then create it? If you all have different goals, one wants to make a whole bunch of money, one wants to have the most popular phone, one wants to have new innovations to be able to license. These are differing views. And if you have differing views, you're driving a car and everyone's trying to go in the different direction yeah. or you're all kind of attached to each other and pulling apart. And I think that that doesn't work for a company. I think that Apple does a great job of making sure that they have a unified vision. They know where they want to end up yeah. and they do a great job of backwards engineering that to where we have now. It makes for a company that is more controlled and probably a little bit slower on trying out really new things. But I think that it works that things that are going to be, you know, put into the phone are going to work together as a unit mm -hmm. much better. So like puzzle pieces, instead of we're going to have to kind of jam these pieces together. It's and so Steve that's Jobs, what I would do. Steve Jobs gave a talk about that once a long time ago where he's like, we don't pick we don't pick a technology and then try to figure out what products we can make. Right. We pick a product and figure out what technologies exactly. we need. to exactly. achieve it. And famously, Amazon with Jeff Bezos, uh, back apparently when he was still paying attention to the company, because he says he doesn't know what's happening oh. there now. Um, <laughs> he would say, make me the press release. Like, I want to see the press release for the right. finished product, because if you don't know what that is, I can't trust you to make the product. Right. But if you have that press release, I know every, and we approve it, right. I know everything you're doing is to get to the product that you know we're going to sell. That was the wonderful thing, though, of Jobs, is that he was a great visionary. He did have an idea of where he wanted to get to, and like him or not like him, yeah. he was single-minded about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there are some things I really liked about the Google event because like, it's always easier to start with the negative stuff because it fires you up, but- Clickbait. Um, <laughs> clickbait, yeah, oh, full circle. They announced this Google Chromecast, which is this right. little tiny, beautiful little, I don't even know what to call it, like ellipse, um, or obelisk, I don't know. And you just plug it right into your TV. Right. And their sales pitch for it was, we'll take any old TV and turn it into like a new Google TV. And this is something, Two years ago, the information rumored that Apple was working on an Apple TV stick, but we've seen no sign of it. They keep signing, like making deals with like Samsung TV. They just made a deal with Xbox and Sony to put the TV app on it. But I would love an Apple TV Express. That's just a yeah. little stick that I could plug just in. Just plug and play and go. Yeah. And they have a cute little tiny controller. Yeah. But the only thing with the controller, because again, it has, a, I think it has a couple of the Apple flaws, is that it's easy to, I don't think it's as easy to flip around and you don't know which side yeah, you're using better. to it a little bit better. But I love the idea that they have like a Netflix button and a YouTube button. Well, I kind of sure like about that. This. But I would like it to be like you could make it what you want. Yes. Because what if you don't use Netflix? Now you have a button. What if you use Disney Plus instead? Exactly. Yeah. I would love if you could like program a, it to be your main button. That's and exactly that what it. I was thinking. I was thinking instead of a Netflix and because they actually physically say Netflix and it YouTube says on, Netflix on I would it, yeah. love like a square and a triangle. Right. And I can just know the square is Disney Plus and the triangle is YouTube or the square is, I'm trying to think what America has because we have different channels, but like one is Hulu and one is, app, is TV right. Plus. Right. You could choose. But the thing is, is that if you are not as tech savvy 
I think this might work better. So we talk about yeah. customization and Apple usually just like gets, you don't have to worry about yeah. customizing. You have one it's choice and do it's it. theirs. Exactly. You can have this car in every color as long as that color is black. Yeah. So I think that in that case, for many people, it is, you know, Netflix or something else. Um, for other people, they're yeah. going to be like, totally no. They're but, the most popular services. I get and it. And so it makes sense to just kind of have it on one but button. It's the reverse. But if not, you can click into it. It's the reverse. Like Apple usually gives you the no choice and Google usually lets you customize. It's like a- Apple's photo team goes out of their way to let to give you a natural photo so that you can do things like crush the blacks and boost the sat. Uh, where they're opinionated on everything else. They'll tell you how to listen to your music, but they won't tell you how to take the They'll photo. Tell you your music's where, too like, Sa- like Samsung and Google will do all these things to like let you customize the way you want, but they're like, no, we're going to boost the sat and, and crush the contrast for you automatically. It's like that one thing they've got to all be contrary about. It's like the Afghan rug just pulling out that one string. Just to make it unique. So uh, ultimately, Georgia, what did you think of the, of the new Pixel stuff? Um, I thought that it was interesting. I liked actually the controller that goes with the um, phone. It the kind of sits. Yeah, I thought that it that was so awkward to me. I thought it was kind of cute. It's I'm like, like I have a dinner tray you, on my controller. So you have yeah. So you have your like like phone, and then you have we'll, we'll show an actual picture, and then you have the little controller underneath it. And I'm like, I could see people doing that. There's certain games that I'm sorry, tapping on glass and yeah, trying to fair. move your character is annoying and horrible. And I used we reviewed like the little tiny joysticks that you stick onto the phone so that you can deal with it. I find that horrible. I liked it. I thought it did look a little bit ridiculous, but I liked it. I thought, oh, you know what? If I'm gaming on my phone and I'm playing, say, Call of Duty Mobile, I want the fastest speed. I want this to work better. And if I'm going to get more kills, I'm going to use this. But you don't like it more than the Switch design? Like if they just put the controllers on both sides of the phone, like a Nintendo Switch? No. No? I actually, I like the idea of having it. One is, it's the only thing is you can't really see the buttons. And so if you're intuitive, you've been, you know, gaming for a really long time, you don't have to yeah. look. But I'm dyslexic. So when I play certain games, like they say, tap the X button, and it doesn't really matter down, how many down, times. Up, up, right, right, left, right, left, right, left. Yeah, it's, it's going to be wrong. I'm not, doing any, I'm not doing any <laughs> Konami code anytime soon. But um, yeah, I'll forget which button. So I actually have to look. So then I'd have to look up and take a look because it isn't on the sides. But I thought it was kind of innovative. I like that the goal was to be helpful. Like I have a lot of feelings about, we talked about this last week, about digital assistants and microphones and cameras in our house. But Google seems to, and this I think their vision is crystal clear on as opposed to the phones. Like I think when it comes to their software and their services, a triple plus, you know, like they are really trying to go like they have this new service where it'll stay on the phone for you while you're on hold and then alert you. And I'm a little anxious about it because I wonder if I'll be fast enough to answer after they answer or they'll hang up on me. It'll be like, oh, they're answering the phone call. They're answering the phone call. I'm like, I'm coming. I'm coming. And I'm like, Is anybody there? Hello. Hello. Anybody there? And then click, click. And I'll have to do it all. But if it works, that's the kind of thing that genuinely takes. I did really company. like that idea as well. That did. I worried about it. Like I wasn't sure about trusting that. Is, is it actually going to know? Because yeah. sometimes like a voice comes on saying, you know, we're going to be answering your phone call soon. Yeah. But we're not here. Is it going to constantly tell me that? Like, how does it know it's an actual You are voice? number 537 in then the lineup. An, then an automated or recorded voice. Yeah. That I wasn't sure about. But I, lo- I hate being left on hold. I thought that that was a wonderful idea of a service that yeah. makes your life better. Yeah, and I think you know, if as long as it's informed consent, yeah, uh, and like, and you know what you're giving, what terms of data you're giving to get that service, and if it's important enough to you and valuable enough to you, uh, you know, then I think it's great. And I think all the things that they're doing, whether it's the translation, the voice, the auto subtitling, the captioning, all that kind of stuff, is just terrific. I wanted to mention there was someone that I thought spoke really well. Her name was Maya. Yeah, and she spoke. 
beautifully. So yes. not everyone, no. it was awkward. I thought that she spoke with life. She really cared about what she was saying. It was intuitive. It, I loved it. So I just wanted to mention, not everyone at the Google event was kind of more, yeah. you could tell, coached. And no, not everyone at the Apple events are great. Like no, it really varies. No. Yeah. But I love the fact that there was a lot of diversity. Yeah. And I thought that was really good. And I think that the same thing for the Apple event. Yeah, Apple events need more of that too. Yeah. So we do have one more topic to get into, but it's the exclusive topic for Nebula, where we typically go over a couple of our favorite or least favorite things. And, and I have some really interesting ideas that I'm going to to have you do. So afraid. I'm you so really afraid should right be now. actually. These are really I'm so afraid. these are you should be really afraid, actually. I've already I've already gotten All some right. it's gonna be interesting. So yeah, the bonus topic, which is exclusive <laughs> to Nebula viewers uh, and listeners, is coming up, and you can get that at uh, nebula.com uh, slash Apple Talk. You can find the audio version of the podcast, the video version of the podcast there uh, with the extended topics and maybe, who knows, the end of me. Uh, and if you're not subscribed to Nebula right now, it's terrific. Just go to curiositystream.com slash Renee Ritchie. You can sign up and for like, I forget, looks like 17 bucks a month, you get bo 70 bucks a year. Sorry, 17 bucks yeah, a yeah. year. <laughs> It's so good. You get both Curiosity Stream and Nebula, and then you get the full version of the podcast. Then yeah. so much more stuff. Yeah. But for people who aren't joining us on Nebula, for people who are piecing out on YouTube or the regular podcast right now, Georgia, where can they find you? Where can they complain about your clickbait and totally cringy performance? Well, please post a comment. I read them. So post a comment down or a below. Yeah, or a review. I would love that. Please subscribe. It makes a huge difference to us, and it, it helps me feel better. Um, <laughs> And uh, if not, you can check me out. I'm on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. And if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, you can check out anxiety-videos.com. How about you, Renee? I am at Renee Ritchie on everything. So youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie, uh, twitter.com slash Renee Ritchie. I am, like I keep saying, the most boring or the more, most consistent person on the internet. Thank you so much for watching. And if you're on Nebula, stay tuned because what are you doing to us today, Georgia?